God's precious grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto each and every one of us this day from our Lord and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What does a picture frame do? Well, it brings into focus the picture that is in the that it wants to draw your attention to. In this case, you're looking at my son a few years back. The last verse of the text that was read as today's gospel was, but the first will be last and the last will be first. Perhaps unbeknownst to you, the last verse of the previous sentence was very similar. The first will be last and the last will be first. And so they become a picture frame. A picture frame to draw our attention to the words of God that are found in between those two verses. Those two verses that really are a bit strange in our world today. The last will be first and the first will be last. That's a very different way of thinking, God. We're not sure we know what you mean. Bring it into focus a little bit more. Think for a moment. If you were a runner and you ran a race and you came in first because you had trained hard and you ran the fastest. And then along a few moments later another person struggled over the finish line and was awarded the trophy instead of you. Doesn't sound fair, does it? Or imagine that you had worked in a company for many years and had been training for the top position in that company, and a fellow just joined last week as a new employee, and the boss handed out the promotions, and guess who got the job? Not you. The fellow that just was employed. Again, not fair. Not fair. Or let's say you're the president of the company and the custodian gets the same salary that you do. You see, that's not the way we think in this world, is it? But what Jesus has to tell us today is that's the way he works. That's the way he works because he's not talking about though you being the deserving ones, but he's talking about you and me being those who do not deserve his generous grace. I'm sorry to the secretaries. I didn't get my theme in soon enough. It's God's generous grace. Grace, the three G's, God's generous grace. You see, the reason God has to preach this sermon to us today, and I pray he's doing the real work, is that no matter how many times you've heard the message of God's grace, no many how many times you've read about it in Scripture, no, no matter how many times you've been told that it is by grace we are saved. 
we still get the feeling that somehow there's something we need to do. Or at least our contributions will count for something along the way. I've been attending here for years. I was a Sunday school teacher. I served as an usher in this congregation. I'm on the board of elders. I helped put the communions, the altar guild. I worked many years as the custodian that vacuumed the floors. We get the feeling that those things seem to matter to God in a way that will get us into heaven. And now picture this. Interrupting the service this morning, the neighborhood alcoholic walks in the aisle, struggles to the front of the church, falls to his knees in front of the communion rail and confesses, Lord, I am a sinner, forgive me, and falls over dead of a heart attack. He will be in heaven with you. That doesn't seem fair. The last will be first. And the first will be last. But you see, it is fair. Because we need to be amongst those in heaven. And we are indeed sinners, every one of us. You see, what Jesus is talking about is not a trophy for a race or a promotion for a job. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven and how we get into heaven. And all of the works that you may have done in your life, all of the offerings you may have given, all of the irregular attendance that you may have achieved over years of coming here to church, do not avail you to step into the front door or the back. It is only through the scarred back and the pierced hands of our Savior Jesus Christ that any of us get in. But the good news is every one of us will get in because of Jesus' scarred back and pierced hands and feet. In the competitive world in which we live, the one who works the hardest gets the prize. In Jesus' world, we, losers, we get the prize. Let me illustrate the modern-day story. Once there was a man who didn't have a job. He hadn't had a job for a long time. His days, his days were long and boring he tried to find work, but there was no work. No one was hiring. So he spent long days standing outside of construction sites, hoping that someone would offer him a job. Every morning he left the house early, and every morning he stood there waiting for his opportunity. But no one hired him. By noon his chances looked slim again today. But a half day's wages would be better than none at all, and so he waited anxiously, hoping there would be a job for him. 
but no job. By 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he gave up and went over and found a shady spot to sit and think about what he was going to tell his family as he came home with nothing again. Finally, at 5 o'clock, the man in the construction site came out and said, Come along, I'll hire you. But he thought to himself, an hour's wages? It's hardly worth it. But it's better than nothing. And so he went to work for an hour. The time flew by so fast and before he knew it, the whistle blew and it was time to quit. And when it came to receiving his pay, he received a full day's pay. Amazing. A full day's pay for only an hour. And he said, sir, there must be a mistake. You only hired me an hour ago and I I received a whole day's wages. There's no mistake. I'm a generous giver. I give generously. God's generous grace. In both parables, the owner, of course, is God. The worker is you and me. We are in the 11th hour, and we are being called to serve the Lord. What's he trying to teach us? Well, what did you hear? The first thing that came to mind was God is always looking for more workers. Always. It doesn't matter how long we have been around. He wants more in his kingdom. The second thought is that only one gift is given, and it's always the same. The kingdom of heaven. Every one of us receives the same gift. Eternal salvation is won by Jesus. Jesus knows you cannot get there any way but through his grace, the gift he has to offer. And another important thought that came to mind as I looked at that text is that it it didn't seem like the worker had worked at all. That he'd only just started and the whistle blew and it was all over. It was time to receive the wages. Imagine this story. Let's say uh, Mr. Lindemann calls a uh, uh, a work day. And everybody's going to come and help clean up the church grounds. And uh, you decide that you're going to get a full day's work in here, and so you start early, right after breakfast. You're here, and you remembered there was a spot near the back of the church where the flower gardens could really use some attention. And you spend all day working hard back there. Late in the afternoon, almost quitting time, Bob shows up. I don't know if there's a Bob here this morning, but Bob shows up. It's just about time to quit, but he helps throw a few leaves in the trash barrel. And just at that time, the pastor drives by and he says, Hi, Bob, great to see you out there working. And he proceeds on his way. And you come around the edge to say hi to Pastor, but he's already gone. The next morning at church, 
Sure enough, pastor says, I want to thank everybody who worked hard yesterday cleaning the grounds, and I want to especially point out that I saw you, Bob. You were really doing a great job. Thanks much. Now, how do you feel? See, it all depends upon who you are working for, doesn't it? If you were working for the pastor or the church, you're probably now mad at both of them. But if you were working for Jesus, not looking for anyone else's praise, you received all that you intended to receive. God gave you his blessings and his mercy and his grace. And he didn't withhold any from you. Another thought worth mentioning is God's rewards are always far more than we could have imagined. Because they're not rewards. They're not gifts. They're not salaries. They are gifts. They're not salaries. They're not something we deserved, but something God gives to us. And a final thought is that God, it never, it's never important how long we've been in the employ or in the service or in the knowledge of our Savior. The only thing is important is that we become to that knowledge, that we confess our sins, that we, well, there was another fellow, wasn't there? Not the alcoholic that came down the aisle that I imagined a few moments ago, but that fellow on the cross next to Jesus. How long had he known the Lord? A few hours at most. And what did he say? A confession, right? Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say to him? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. See, the disciples weren't picked according to their age. Some were young, some were old. Some had, had different occupations that weren't very popular like Matthew. And yet Jesus doesn't judge on those things, does he? Let's think back to the parable. Does it strike you as unfair still? The first shall be last, and the last will be first. Let me share a story. I, uh, I oftentimes listen to the Lutheran Hour daily devotions. Maybe some of you do as well. This particular story is from July 28th devotion, containing the story of the author who told it this way. I was responsible for doing immigration paperwork in the Vietnamese community of St. Louis. The paperwork was incredibly difficult. It contained many pages to fill out, and if you got anything wrong, it was rejected. So every Sunday after church, I would sit at the desk and help people work through their applications for free. I was flabbergasted to discover that some people were not bringing their paperwork to me. Instead, they were going to other people in the community who spoke very little English, therefore couldn't fill out the forms right, and those people were charging $400 and often got things wrong. Why would people rather go and spend that money to somebody else? I could not understand. Someone finally told me. They said, you were doing it for free. 
So we didn't think it was any good. Luther and our devotions. Does the fact that God's grace is free make it less valuable to you? There's no such thing as a free lunch, my father said one time to me. You get what you pay for, another expression that's out there. It's difficult to believe God's grace sometimes because it's free. The worker in the parable was only worked one hour. Why should he receive a full day's wages? How long had the thief worked who saw hung next to Jesus? Is it too good to be true? Have you struggled at times to believe the gospel message of God's grace? Well, today, let me reassure you, no matter how difficult it is to believe, it is 100% true. God loves you regardless of how long you've worked in the vineyard. He loves you, and by grace you are saved. You are His. You belong to Him. Has anybody ever asked you if you're going to heaven? Sometimes I get asked that question. I had an interesting discussion the other day with my doctor. And he said, well, for you it's easy. You know you're going to heaven. I'm not so sure. I said, wait a minute. You are going. Well, I try to be as good as I can. Ooh, that hurt. This man had been a friend of mine for 30 years, and he didn't know that salvation was free, not dependent upon how good he was. We talked for a while. I tried to make it clear. By grace, you're saved. And the first will be last, and the last will be first. The picture has been framed, framed by God's grace. Knowing God for a long time, is there any benefit to that? Well, sure there is. Sure there is. All of those prayers you've uh, spoken to God, he's heard everyone and answered everyone. All those times you've come to the altar, as we'll do today in a different way, and received those words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. All those times you've called upon the Lord in times of struggle and known that His presence is there for you. We cannot repay God for what He has done for us, but we can come and worship. We can offer our simple gifts that He has given to us in the first place, gifts of time, talents, and treasures. And the first will be last. And you and I who are last, or least in the kingdom of heaven, will be first. We thank our gracious and generous God. Amen.